Well, good morning, Chapel Hill. Happy Mother's Day. Moms, you would be even more proud. These, these two up here, Ryan and Haley, uh, I asked them to, and, and Nate came with us as well. He did the sound. I um, asked them on Friday night to come and work with, with me and Pastor Bill. We are hosting a monthly night of prayer and worship at a, a venue in Tacoma that's eventually going to be a 24-hour prayer venue. And uh, these guys came, and 20 high schoolers showed up to join us. And these guys just sought God all night long, prayed and interceded for the church, for the region that we live in, for the world, for unbelievers. It was fantastic. So moms, you would be proud of those high schoolers. Can you you say thank you to the moms? And if you're visiting with us this morning, you have joined us at a great time in the life of our church. We are in the middle of doing some family business, and you're going to get to see this morning how we do business as a family. But I want you to know as we talk about this Beyond These Walls initiative, if you're a visitor, there is no burden on you whatsoever to participate. This is something for people who call Chapel Hill their home, and we're excited about it. And so we're pleased that you're here to hear how we are going to go about this new initiative. You know, it's not very often that I get to share church vision with people who are outside of the church. But this week, I had the opportunity to do it a number of times. I had a few people come to me and say, hey, Ellis, what's new at the church? Well, I thought I'd let them know. I said, you know, it's really exciting at the moment. We've just launched a new initiative called Beyond These Walls. We got a desire to see our church reach out beyond our walls in a way that we've never done before. We want to see small groups reaching out to their neighborhoods and relational networks and ministering to them. We want to see leaders being released as pastors and as missionaries all around the world. And we want to love Gig Harbor in a way that we've never loved Gig Harbor before. And I tell you what has been surprising to me is that people love it. They love the selfless heart of this vision. And even more surprising, they've loved it when I've told them how we're going to pay for it. I've said to them, we're going to pay down the remaining debt on our building, and then we're going to take our mortgage payment, and we're going to turn it around to ministries that go beyond the walls of this church. I gave an example to one of my friends about what that might look like. I said last summer, Fish Food Bank approached us, and they said, we're coming to the end of our lease on our property. We need to build a new property, Would you a new building. Would you consider having that building on your property? And we spoke all summer long with Fish and lots of discussions. We came to a mutual agreement that this wasn't the best place for them to build their new building, but we said to them, we love you guys, we're committed to your mission, and we want to make a lead gift to your building campaign when you come around to make a building. I told this to my friend. They said, that's awesome. And it is. It's awesome. The opportunity that we have is tremendous to take what is $600,000 a year, every year that's going to mortgage payments, and to turn that around towards ministries that go beyond the walls of this church. That is a tremendous opportunity that we have multiplying life groups, releasing leaders, loving Gig Harbor like we've never done before. And it's not like we we aren't already doing these things. These are things we're already committed to, but we want to be even more intentional in the way we go about these things. We want to put more resources into going beyond these walls. 
This morning, I want you to hear from one member of our church who recognized the potential that she had to minister beyond these walls. This is Cindy. Would you take a look? So about seven years ago, when we were living in Houston, I was working with a group of refugee women from Iraq. And these women shared with me their stories about living in the refugee camps in Jordan while they were waiting for asylum in the United States as persecuted people status. These women shared horrific stories about what was happening in the camps, trafficking of children and women, and even of men, for things such as commercial sex labor and forced servitude. I was just amazed at what they had to tell me and felt very naive about what was happening in the realm of human trafficking. There was a nail salon right next door to the dry cleaners that I frequented. This nail salon turned out to be a holding pen for trafficked people who were trafficked along the Interstate 10 corridor east-west across the United States. And I was just amazed that this was happening not only in my community, but under my nose. When we came to Kick Harbor and we got established at Chapel Hill, I was having a conversation one day with Pastor Megan. I told her about my desire to work with refugee women or maybe doing something in the anti-trafficking realm. She referred me to our missions department, who then got me connected with Shared Hope International. My part in Shared Hope is I act as an ambassador of hope. Shared Hope trains people all across the United States and overseas to go out into our community and address the issue of trafficking. In March of 2016, I was able to join a group of women from Chapel Hill to be part of a GO team to Delhi, India. This was a trip to bring us a measure of awareness of what it looked like to see trafficking on an international level. And there we saw it firsthand. And in addition, we were able to come alongside the people of Catalyst, which is one of Chapel Hill's ministry connections. We were able to bring them encouragement and support and just have a time of great fellowship and building relationships with the young women of Catalyst who have been uh, removed from compromising situations where they may be very vulnerable to possible trafficking. It sometimes feels very risky to step out of the comfort and security of the walls of Chapel Hill. I feel like when I do leave my pew and I unbuckle that pew belt that Pastor Mark talks about and I go out into the community of Gig Harbor, which I love so much, that I can help educate people as to what's going on around them. This is a way I have of making my faith become very real to me, being hopefully the hands and feet of Jesus in a world that is sometimes rather dark, but it's not without hope. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, fantastic. Cindy caught a vision of the potential that she had as a follower of Jesus to to step out, to go beyond these walls, to to make a difference, to 
to hopefully make history in the lives of others. Jesus saw that same potential in his 12 disciples that he gathered together. And over the next several weeks, we're journeying through Matthew's gospel, looking at how did Jesus make disciples that went on to make history. And so if you have your Bibles or Bible apps this morning, I'd love you to open them up to Matthew chapter 5. As we continue in this journey, last week, Pastor Mark shared with us about how Jesus began this journey by calling those disciples. He called them individually by name, and he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. We're carrying on in that journey this week, and the, the first thing that Jesus jumped into after that call was he began to teach them what it meant to follow him. And we're in the middle of a block of teaching that's some of Jesus' most famous teaching. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went up onto a mountain, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And here is one of the things that he taught them in the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would take these words on a page, and by your Spirit you would bring them to life for us. May these words of Jesus this morning comfort us where we need to be comforted, challenge us where we need to be challenged, and God, will we be transformed this morning by your Spirit at work amongst us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Jesus saw the potential that these 12 men had as his disciples to make history. He said to them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He didn't say to them, you might be or you could be. No, he said, you are. You have this potential within you. You are the raw ingredients that are needed in order to make history as disciples of me in this world. When I look at our church, I see that same potential. Every single one of us stepping out as a disciple of Jesus, touching the lives of those around us, the potential that we have is incredible. You know, I started to think this week, how many individuals come into contact with someone from Chapel Hill over the course of a week? 10,000 people? 20,000 people? 30,000 people? How many lives do we have the potential to touch in this city, in this community, around the world? That potential is incredible. But here's the thing about potential. Unless potential is put into practice... Unless it's fulfilled, it remains just potential. Jesus said to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. 
Now, salt had many uses during that time. It was used to flavor things. It was used to preserve food. It was used to fertilize soil. It was used to purify things. And and it's hard to know exactly what use Jesus intends for salt as he's speaking to his disciples. Although I got a hunch that it's fertilizer, but I don't have a time right now to go into it. I got an amen from Pastor Megan. That was was good. I must be preaching well. (laughs) Yeah, fertilizer. Amen. Whatever the use that Jesus intends, there's something significant about this image of salt. You see, unless salt actually comes into contact with the thing that it's called to act upon, it is useless. It has that potential, but until it comes into contact, it is useless. It it can come within a millimeter. Do you guys have them? It's, It's like 25th of an inch translation. It can come within a millimeter of a piece of food, but until it actually touches it, it does nothing. That potential is not fulfilled. It can come within a millimeter of a piece of soil, but until it touches it, that potential is not fulfilled. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, you have great potential, fantastic potential to change this world. You are the salt of the earth. But are you going to reach out and touch someone? Are you going to make a difference? Use your potential for what it is intended for. This week I heard a story of a life group of young mums. They were attending a baby shower of one of their members, and a couple of them turned to one another and they said, you know what would be cool? If we hosted a baby shower for teen mums. And so they went to Young Lives, which is the branch of Young Life that focuses its ministry on team moms. They went to the local coordinator and said, would you partner with us in this? We'd love to host a baby shower for teen moms. And, and the Young Lives coordinator was all in. So they came back to their life group and they went to their parent life group. There's two Young Moms life groups that are connected with one another. They multiplied out and they said, here's what we want to do. We want to host this baby shower, but we need you to donate baby clothes and baby toys and strollers and car seats and, and all sorts so that we can bless these teen moms. And the response was overwhelming. They got a whole garage full of stuff. Here's a photo of them sorting it out last Sunday, trying to put it into boxes of of clothes sizes. And not only did they say, we want to bless these teen moms with stuff, but we want to bless them with relationships as well. And so they came to me and they said, hey, Ellis, would you come in and, uh, and share this training material that we've heard you've got on the art of conversation? And so I came in and I shared with them about how to ask great questions, how to listen well, how to tell stories that connect with the stories of others, how to develop relationships. And so this next Saturday night, just in the gathering place around the corner, there is going to be a group of young moms gathered together having a potluck. And there are teen moms who are going to walk away with physical items that they need for them and their families. But not just that, they're going to walk away with new friendships and new relationships with young moms who love them and who love Jesus. Isn't that awesome? We have such potential as disciples of Jesus. But unless we reach out and touch those around us, that potential can't be fulfilled. So who are you touching? 
Who are you touching in your life? Maybe it looks like that life group, reaching out as a group and touching another group. Maybe it looks like Cindy, getting involved in something bigger than yourself. Shared Hope International, reaching out and touching victims of human trafficking. Maybe it's as simple as baking a plate of cookies and taking them over to your neighbor who you don't really know and touching their life, entering into a relationship with them, learning how you could love them more deeply. Who are you touching? You have so much potential as disciples of Jesus. Reach out and touch someone. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth to his disciples. He also says, you are the light of the world. And here's the thing that's different about salt and light. Salt needs to touch something, but the source of light doesn't need to touch anything in order for it to act upon it. If you put a lamp in the middle of a room, it casts light on the whole room without touching anything in the room. Unless, of course, as Jesus says, you hide it under a basket, which would be silly, incidentally. But Jesus makes this curious comment. He says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And I think Jesus is getting at something deeper here. He's saying, you not only have potential as individuals, but you have a potential as a collective community. I read a quote this week from a Nicaraguan peasant named Marcelino. He was discussing this passage with his friends, and this was what he said. He said, a lit up city that's on top of a hill can be seen from far away. As we can see the lights of San Miguelito from very far away when we're rowing at night on the lake. A city is a great union of people. And as there are a lot of houses together, we see a lot of light. And that's the way our community will be. It will be seen lighted from far away if it is united by love. Jesus is saying to his disciples, you have the potential to come together, united by love, to join your lights together that individually might be able to be hidden. But when they're joined together and united together, you are like a city set on a hill that shines its light forth, that cannot be hidden, that everyone will see. Chapel Hill, we have that same potential within us to join all of our individual lights together behind one common cause, to shine a light into this city, into this community, in a way that we've never done so before. And we believe we are at an opportune time to do that. Why do we think that? Because in the last 12 months, five different organizations, reputable, big organizations in our community, have come to us. They've seen what we're already doing, and they've said, we want you, Chapel Hill, to partner with us in the work that we are doing in this community. You heard about WIC last week from Pastor Mark, women's infants and women, infants and children. They will be housed in this building from June 1st, as Pastor Mark said. We were also approached by the rescue mission in Tacoma. They want to partner with us to launch a new shelter on this side of the bridge. And now Pastor Larry is serving on their board. The YMCA came to us. You heard the CEO, Charlie Davis, come and speak to us in the fall. He said, we want to put the C back in YMCA and in Pearson Kitsap counties. And now you are paying me five hours a week to volunteer as a chaplain at the Y. That's awesome. 
Thank you. The Boys and Girls Club have come to us. And they've said, we want to partner with you to give kids and teens the best start possible in life. And so we're in conversations about how we can work together. We're we're separated by a mere matter of feet. And yet we don't work together. And we're serving the same people. How can we work better together? And lastly, as I mentioned earlier, Fish Food Bank came to us. And we love them. We're behind their mission. And we want to be a lead donor in their building campaign when they get to that. You know, this is amazing. Five different reputable organizations coming to us and saying, we want you to partner with us as we serve the people of this community. They're seeing something about this community at Chapel Hill. They're seeing this this chapel set on a hill, this light that cannot be hidden. And they're saying, we want you to be a part of what we're doing. You've got something going on there, and we want to be a part of it. You know, we have an opportunity as a church, a potential as a church, to unite together in love even more than we have done already for the purpose of blessing and ministering to this city and this region. That is beyond these walls. That is what we're talking about. We have that potential within us. But why would we do it? Why? Why would we take this potential that we have and and put it into action for the sake of others? Why? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, because when they see what you do, they're going to know and give glory to the Father who is compelling us to do this for others. Read that last verse again, verse 16 in this passage. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus' hope for his disciples and Jesus' hope for us as his disciples today is that we would take that potential that we have. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That we would put that potential into action. That we would reach out and touch people. That we would unite together as a community of love, as a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And that we would pour ourselves out for this community, for this region. Pour ourselves out around the world. And that people would see what we do and they would know that it is the Father who compels us. And that they would give glory to him, that they would worship him. And in turn they would come to know his son, Jesus Christ, who is the savior of the world and wants to transform their lives and bring hope where there is no hope to them. That is why we want to do this. That our light may shine before others. They may see our good deeds and give glory to our Father who is in heaven, who desires that all might be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And he wants to use you and you and you and you and you and you and me to do that. Don't you want to be a part of this? I do. I want to be a part of this. And that's why we're going to give everyone who calls Chapel Hill their home an opportunity to participate in Beyond These Walls. In three weeks' time, we're going to be making that, taking that opportunity to do that. And we want everyone to be a part of it. 100% participation. As I mentioned earlier, we have $600,000 a year that is currently going to our debt as a mortgage payment. We want to take that, turn it around, and use it for ministries that go beyond the walls of Chapel Hill. But in order to do that, we need to pay off the remaining debt. 
Over the last 30 years, we've invested $20 million into this campus. And we don't regret any of that. We are so thankful for this campus, for the way that it is used. So being able to host potlucks for teen mums and young mums. We are thankful for that. And we have kept up with our payments. We have been diligent. We've paid extra. And we've paid off $15 million over those 30 years. And that means there is now $5 million remaining. And our hope is that over the next three years, we would pay off that $5 million and we would release $600,000 a year every single year in perpetuity to go towards ministries that go beyond these walls. Now, when my wife Rachel and I began to think and talk about making a financial commitment to be on these walls, we started by thinking about what we, where we already were in our giving journey. And we recognized that we were tithing, that we were giving 10%, that, that's what tithing means, giving 10% of our income to the church. And so we said, what more can we do to participate in Beyond These Walls? We're thankful for the training we received through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We do a monthly budget every month. So we went to our monthly budget and we said, all right, what can we cut? What can we trim? Where can we shave things off? Can we give 1%, maybe 2% more? And, and we started thinking, you know what? We could, we could make that work. We could make that work. But a few weeks ago, we realized that we hadn't actually prayed about this. We just made an assumption that the next step was to figure out how do we give 1% or 2% more to the church. And so we said, let's put all that aside and let's go in prayer to God and let's ask him this question. Let's ask him, God, what do you want us to give to beyond these walls over the next three years? What's that number? And individually, we felt God lay the same number upon our hearts. And when we came together, we were surprised that's how God works. And this number is not a number that we felt like, yeah, we could make that work. (laughs) This is a scary number. This is God calling us to step out in faith and trust him that he's going to be faithful to who he is and that he will provide for us. So although it might be a scary number, I think it's an exciting number. Because it's a number that says, we're willing to risk it for you, God, because you are calling us to this. We're willing to trust that you are faithful and that you will provide for us, even if we can't see where that is going to come from. And so we are excited to step out and make this commitment in three weeks' time. And we want to invite all of you who call Chapel Hill, your home church, to join us in making a commitment to be on these walls. One tool that that my wife and I used and that we're encouraging everyone to use in this purpose is a commitment card. You'll find one of them in your bulletin. I'd love you to grab it right now and just take a look at it. On the commitment card, on the front, you'll see a series of colored steps. Now, these steps are there as a tool to help you recognize where you might be in your giving journey. That's what my wife and I did. We said, where are we? And what might a next step look like? Now, these, these steps are not there to condemn you, to make you feel bad, or even to make you feel good. These steps are there as a tool. We're all at different places in our giving journey. 
And wherever you might find yourself, taking one step is a step of faith. And so I wonder, as you look at these steps, where might you identify that you are at? And I wonder if you could begin to pray and say, God, are you asking me to take my next step in that journey as a part of Beyond These Walls? Maybe you've never given to the church before. Maybe God might call you to give one time to Beyond These Walls, to say, I believe in this, I want to be a part of this. Maybe you've given sporadically over time. Maybe God might call you to start to give an intentional amount on a regular basis. Maybe you're already giving intentionally and regularly. Maybe God might call you to step up and give that tithe, that that biblical 10% that we see. Or maybe you've already been giving 10%, and God might be calling you to step beyond that. I don't know where you're at in your journey, but we're all on a journey when it comes to Jesus and money. And I want you to consider praying. And asking God, are you asking me to take that next step in my giving journey as a part of this Beyond These Walls initiative? And I have no doubt that if you step out in faith, that your God, my God, will provide for your every need. Because that's what he has always done in the past, and that is what he will continue to do in the future. He is that kind of God. And not only will you be stepping out in faith and in trust, that God will provide, but you will be joining together with this community as we seek to take the potential that we have as the salt of the earth to reach out and touch someone, as we seek to take the potential we have as the light of the world to unite our lights together in love for this city, this community, this world, and to pour ourselves out that people may see the works that we do and they may come to recognize the love of the Father that compels us and the work of the Son that can transform their lives if they are willing to follow him too. And we might see disciples making disciples that make history. So will you commit to praying like I didn't do? To praying whether this might be a time when God is calling you to step out in faith and take that next step and participate in Beyond These Walls. Will you commit to taking your your journey guides, which we've been giving out over these last few weeks? If you haven't got one, we have more at the back. Taking these journey guides and opening them up, looking at the discussion questions, reflecting on them, discussing them with your spouse if you're married, discussing them with your life group. Will you commit to being intentional in this process? And will you consider joining my wife and I as we participate in going beyond these walls, and making disciples that make history, and taking the potential that we have as salt of the earth, as a light of the world, to shine a light like we have never done before, that people may see our good deeds and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, You are faithful. You are a God who provides for our every need. And we look to you this morning and we do declare that we trust you. We believe in you. We see the provision of your son. We know that you are faithful, that you have been faithful to us in the past, that you will be faithful to us in the future. And so, God, we come to you and we say, God, what's next for us as individuals? What are you calling us to? 
God, maybe we're coming to you today and we're saying, God, I need you to come through right now with a rent check or, or with a, a utilities payment, whatever it is. It, I pray for those who are here, who are in that place, that God, you would provide for them, that they would see your faithfulness this week as you come through. God, we pray for all of us as we consider taking this, this step of faith. God, would you speak to us? Would you tell us what it is that you want us to do? And would you empower us by your spirit out of a, a trust in you, our loving Father, to step out in faith, in belief, in our God, in Jesus? And it's in his name we pray. Amen.